0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello, welcome to Health Check. I'm Joyce Teo, a senior health correspondent with The Straits Times. Adverse childhood experiences are possible traumatic events that can have long-lasting, costly and significant effects on a person's mental and physical health. Trauma-informed care is an approach that shifts the focus from what's wrong with you to what happened to you. It's not just the parents of children who have mental issues who can benefit from an understanding of the rationale behind the care approach, but possibly all the parents out there. So in this episode, we will continue the conversation on trauma-informed care, and this time is with Ms. Tracy Wee, a Principal Medical Social Worker at the Institute of Mental Health. She has guided many parents on how to manage their children in crisis situations, and has useful tips on how you can become a trauma-informed parent or caregiver of a child in crisis. Hello, Tracy. Welcome to Health Check. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me here. So, can you start by telling us very briefly about what you do as a principal medical social worker at IMH?
1: A large part of what I do is working with our our patients and their families in terms of managing, understanding their illness, and also working with them through navigating the health system as well as uh, making sense of the kind of treatment they're going through or what more can be done to help them in their healing recovery and treatment process so i'm also a family therapist
0: all right but you know we were talking about i'm age with this trauma-informed care right i mean you're there is this cultural shift um what has changed for you you know actually why do parents need to know about it right
1: ah uh, yes yes okay i think it is it is very important because when I think whenever we use the word trauma, most people think that it is must be something catastrophic. So often time when I work with uh, family members or even patients themselves, whenever I use the word trauma, or oh, you 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 seem traumatized, or you you must have suffered from a certain traumatic incident. They're, they're, no 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 no. I I I I'm not. I'm fine. And and to them it's like you know go through a war, go through some very tragic death. Then is trauma but actually I think what I look like parents to know is that your child or even yourself can experience trauma from any events that is sudden can be very overwhelming. so for children is to understand that trauma can come in the form of being bullied in school um, to can come in the form of uh, witnessing certain violence. Or witnessing the death of loved ones, or, or even uh, any kind of for some children, failing an exam, can be traumatic. So so we also don't want to uh, to medicalize everything and say that oh anything bad means it's a trauma. But it's really more of anything that actually overwhelms the child's normal coping, such that they can't really cope and they can they can't really recover from it uh, fast. Then that can that is probably a traumatic event for them. And it's important for parents to know because we don't want the parents to go away thinking that the child is just behaving badly, the child is just being naughty. And what's wrong
0: with the child? Okay, so Tracy, how do you you know, help parents cope with their children's mental problems? Can you give us an example? Okay, so um, let's say for example, quite often
1: parents when they come to us or when, when they are referred to us, they often come with them the issue of oh, uh, I, I don't know why my child is... Misbehaving. I don't want my child uh, just cries and cries and shouts and shouts, doesn't listen. And so it's a lot of behavioral presentation that the child is showing. So a lot of symptoms and reactions in the child. And often parents want to know why, what is the problem and how to fix it. What can I do? I think that's natural. That's normal. But I think uh, many times when I hear that, rather than going into, oh, okay, so your child is screaming, shouting, okay, you do this. Oh, your child has been uh, misbehaving, okay, you do this. Rather than prescribing, I think it's important to understand what brought out such behaviour in the child and how and I usually will find out from the parents um, my child usually when I try to uh, ask him to go to school he will scream and shout and after 15 minutes of screaming and shouting then he will go up the school bus then he will go to school oh it's very tiring okay so that's, the, that's, that's what causes it then I often ask so how, when your child is screaming and shouting how did you respond as a parent, what did you do? I scold him. I, I shout at him. I shout back. La, and then I just drag him up the bus and he just have to go hit. So, so when I hear this, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to like say, Oh, that's something you did wrongly or, or correctly. But it's more of, okay, so wait, have you tried other methods? Have you tried other means? No, no, no point. I, I tried to talk to him. He won't listen. I tried, I tried this. I tried that. I won't listen. So I had to, you know, use, some violence, I got to be very tough with him. And then I will then try to explore with the parents that, um, what do you think? Why do you think the child may be reacting this way? I realized a lot of parents would then start asking, hmm, okay, you're asking me all this question. Is there something more to it? And, and as they talk, then they'll start pre-processing and also making sense of, oh, why did my child behave this way? Oh, this started actually after the daddy uh left, or after, or this started after uh, the child, my daughter came back and told me that someone is bullying her in school. And and then this behavior started. And I said, mm, okay. So when the daughter tells you she's being bullied, uh what how did you respond? What did you say to her? I just tell her, say, ignore it, like, tell her just complain, to teacher, la. and then just bear with it and all that. Then then this is where the trauma-informed part come in. I think most parents. Parents don't, don't feel good when they know that their child is being bullied. They The trauma-informed part will then tell them that, look, these such reactions are actually expected and normal reactions. And this reaction is a call for help, not a call for punishment, not a call to be fixed. And as parents, then you need to go into the issue of being bullied. How can we soothe the child? How can we find ways to help this child cope with the fear and the anxiety? And then from there, it's really working with the child through this issue of being bullied. And even talking to the school, talking to the working of the system, rather than just stopping the behaviour and expecting the child to behave.
0: Right, but it sounds like it requires a lot of patience, right?
1: yes, yes, and and actually, that's what a lot of parents need. <laughs> I think when when working with trauma, and and I do I do agree that as parents, sometimes you don't you know, we don't have that. It's like your, your your school bus is waiting, and you're here kicking, screaming. I don't have half an hour to talk to you nicely. I I just need to get you up the bus straight away, which is quite common. But it's precisely because this part is lacking that the problem perpetuates. So, many times, I always often tell parents, you keep doing the same thing and the child keeps giving you the same responses. So, shouldn't that tell you there's a pattern that needs to be broken? Shouldn't that tell you that then there's something else that needs to be done differently? So, sometimes we do need to have that patience to put in that time of the day. And, And it is necessary because for the child, they need that. They really do need the adult that they trust to show them their understanding, to soothe them, to help them. And, and then change will come. It can't come with just you doing something and, and then fixing the problem in that sense. Yeah. Right.
0: Or picking up a cane or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. Right. But it can go the other way as mm. well, right? I mean, I'm just thinking, say, if a child is being bullied, um, you know, he's he or she is going to go back to school, right? It's the mm. same school, same classroom. That yes you know, and if they don't really settle it properly, the behaviour change at home, I mean, it's going to last for a while, yes, right? Yes. So as a parent, you know, Yes. Yeah. how far do you go, I mean, to accept the bad behaviour or whatever that will happen? Okay,
1: so so I think that's the thing. There are some things that the parents also cannot control. You know, they can go and go to the school kicking and screaming and making sure that um, this doesn't happen, but they still can't control the aspect of it. and And so actually, it's really... In addition to speaking to the principal or speaking to the teachers about it, it's the most important is helping to soothe the child and calm the child, and talk to the child about the incident, about what they are facing, what, how, what, and when they react this way, what is the pain, and really spend the time to listen rather than being too quick to tell the child, no, you just bear with it, you know, you just ignore the girl, you just ignore the bully, you just run to the teacher every time. I mean, these are good advice. These are advice. And I wouldn't say don't do that. But in addition to that advice, spend time to listen out to the fear that this child has to go through every day in school. Like, no, mommy, I'm scared. I I, I, I know, I tell the teacher, but when the teacher uh, just scold the girl, scold my bully, and then after that, the te- when the teacher leaves, the bully comes back and hit me even more and they bully me even more. So the thing is about then letting the child know that it is okay to feel fearful and that what you're going through is not right. And it, you're not to be blamed. I think the most important is the child do not feel blamed for feeling so victimized. And this is not the time to toughen your child by telling them that you are a big girl now. You must fight back. You must know how to defend yourself. It is a time to actually look into what is happening to you. And yes, you're scared. Uh -uh, Your mommy knows you're scared. So what can mommy do to help you? What can uh, can we do to help you feel better even though you're going back to face the bully? So, So it's empowering the child. And it's building up from the child to help the child then cope with the bullying. But at the same time, to really actively talk to the teachers and talk to the school to minimise the possibility of this happening. But it's really two ways. And it's working with the child is actually a lot more crucial. Find us on Apple,
0: Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode you also deal with uh, parents of uh, children who are depressed right or have anxiety so what are the things that you know parents should avoid doing when dealing with a child like that
1: okay I think the most important thing that you avoid is to uh, discount or dismiss their emotional reactions as parents we must remember to look at our child's struggles through their eyes so if you have a 7 year old you have an 8 year old look at their problem like an 8 year old As a seven years old, but many times parents look at it as a parent, and they judge the child's problem through the lens of an adult. So I think what we should not do is to look at them from your own lens, and assume that this is what they're going through and this is what can be done. So don't dismiss everything they say, don't discount everything they say, don't minimize the pain that they are going through as just childish behavior, as just uh, as just things that will pass. So really stay with them understand the fear, understand their anxiety and address it accordingly. So trauma-informed care, it's pretty new, right? At
0: I'm age, right?
1: Mm. Or, uh, yeah, in, in fact, it's, if I say pretty new, I think uh, people overseas will be laughing
0: at us. But it is, like, <laughs>
1: it is pretty new. Because yeah, it, it's been
0: around for a while, but I'm age, yeah. But, but how has it changed then the way you you know deal with, uh, the way you talk to parents? Certainly before I... I,
1: I'm introduced to this concept or even learn more about this concept, I, I do fall into the same trap of uh, being very quick to, to come with solutions, being very quick to say that, hey, what's wrong? How come, how come like that? You know, let's fix it. After learning more about trauma-informed, it really reminds me to be sensitive I think firstly, the sensitivity to people's struggles and uh, and reminds me to look at it from their lens. So that's why when we always talk about trauma-informed care, it's a lot about trauma wearing the trauma-informed lens, which is looking at the problem not within the person. So this person's behaviour, this person's reactions, maybe rudeness or difficult, challenging behaviour, it comes from a background of certain struggles and pain. And it reminds me to then ask them more about what happened to you? What happened to you that brought out this anger? What happened to you that made you such an angry, um, suicidal person? Rather than, what's wrong with you? Why can't you stop this behavior? Why can't you just get yourself out of this? And, and that's, that's the lens that I often remind myself that the problem is not the person. This person has experienced bad things. And that's why it contributed to certain behavior. For parents, do not look at your child as a bad child. Don't just say that this is a naughty child. My daughter is a naughty child. She's a bad child. She's a problematic child. Or rather, my daughter had bad things happen to her. And that's why she has this behavior. And that actually shifts our perspective. It also shifts the way we look at the issue Rather than looking at the child as this this child is so difficult, I'm so angry. It's really oh gosh, this child has gone through tough stu- tough times. I think she needs more patience and help and support. What change then is the questions that we ask? What change will be then the approach that we use? So rather than one whereby it's punitive, like like you say, very quick to pick up the cane. And then cane them into good behavior. Then it's really talking about, okay, what is going on? What has happened to you? Especially if they have gone through certain trauma and trauma can be in a form of even facing abuse. Even a child who has been facing, uh, who lives in a family whereby the parents are quarreling every other day. This also leads to trauma. So rather than, yeah, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you so difficult? You know, mommy and daddy are really not happy. Why are you so difficult? It's really looking at, okay, you have been in this place where uh, when mommy and daddy has been quarrelling, hasn't been able to reach out to you. So what can we do to help you? So sometimes like for younger child, they may just need that little extra hug. They may just need mommy and daddy to hug me more. Or for teenagers, I just need mommy and daddy to spend time with me, to talk to me to understand and that so that with that shift in thinking it comes in this shift in approach rather than you are big already like you please settle yourself like mommy and daddy got no time to think to worry about you or don't cry you know you, you next time you keep crying and crying next time you become a very useless boy and so this you know sometimes sit with best intention some parents are very anxious they want they think that by using tough love they can build up character but I, I would caution on that. I would caution that um, for a child who especially has experienced trauma, it works the other way. It can actually re-traumatize them and it actually makes them grow up to become very, very distrustful, very distrusting brother of people. And
0: it, it does change the way they look at the world. And the, how they feel safe. Right, very interesting. Mm. Lots more empathy as yes, well. It's actually right. a shift, right, from mm. from our traditional way of um, handling children, yes. bringing up children. Actually, <laughs> yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. Yeah, you're right. And I think that is the that is the thing that I often hear from my uh, clients. I my mom and dad they taught me this way, so I turn out okay. What? So nothing wrong. And and again, really, I, I mean, honestly, apart from working on risk cases of abuse, uh, most of the cases I work with, the parents love their children. They don't want any harm to come. But they, their only, the only reference they have is their own experience of being parented. And sometimes they think that, okay, since, you know, my parents do it this way, I turn out fine then why can't I use it the same way? But sometimes I often have to remind them that the generation is different. The experience that y'all go through is different. And even if, if it's similar, but it's a different person and you are not your own parents. Although you want to parent a similar way, but you are not your parents. Your children are not you. So, so it's really a reminder of starting afresh with them and based on what they need. So again, wearing that lens to see where they are at, what do they need rather than Imposing what you think should be the way onto them. So
0: that's the part. Like, I find it's a good reminder for that. That's great. That's very helpful actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Hope> so. <laughs> Do you have like a one key tip that you want to give to parents mm. out there? Because trauma is so mm. more common than we think. Yes, right? yes,
1: more common than we think. I think uh, really spend time uh, listening. Have patience and spend time listening to them. Um, it doesn't have to be like every minute of the day it can uh, keep the routines so you can schedule okay this is schooling time this is homework time this is uh, tv time then this is time to tell your parents about or talk to mommy or daddy about any issues or any kind of anger you have so it could even be uh, every day so how's how's school today boring lah nothing lah okay so so if there's anything you will tell mommy or you tell daddy uh, okay, la, something that I tell you all, then, then okay, you, you keep that channel open. Rather than when there's something happening, then, okay, why are you so angry today? Don't, don't, don't get angry, lah. I know there's no anger in this dinner table. So when you're eating, don't, you just eat, you know, don't think about anger. So again, then the messaging to the par- to the child is, okay, I must, I must find the right time to express anger. And my anger, if I express it, can my parents support me? So, so the child will have a lot of all this kind of, conflicting uh, messaging. It's like, so can I or can I not express? And how do I know it's the right time? So I guess for for parents, it's really keep finding a routine to build into talking to children about their feelings also, if that's possible. Then if something would happen, I think don't be afraid to look at them, hold them, especially their emotional outbursts. And it's to, sometimes that little touch the extra touch, the extra holding, and just just being silent and patient with them while they dysregulate and not punishing them for dysregulating at that time. Unless, of course, if they're hurting themselves, if let's say they're beating themselves or hurting, banging their head on the wall, then please stop that behavior and get help. But then if they're not, if they're just screaming, shouting, they're just very unhappy, then I think it's to allow that, but stay with them And not stand above them and stare at them, glare at them, make them feel very ashamed. So I guess I guess that's important for parents themselves to also factor in self-care. And also have you yourself experienced any trauma that you may have not resolved. Because that could also come out in the way you parent. So if you are a child of uh, abuse previously, then may you want to focus on yourself as well, find healing for yourself at the same time that you're trying to help heal your child. So, so I think it's two ways. It, it can't be just the parents doing everything for the child and the, neglecting yourself. So, I think that's that's another important part
0: of trauma informed work. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's just putting it. That that's also part of the shift, right? At M H, right? Yes, true up. Yes, right. That's so right. it sounds like you know as I was saying to Doctor Anne Marie, it sounds like something that we can all mm. practice some aspects mm. of it, right? Yes, yes,
1: yes. And that's the that's yeah. the best part. It just I mean you don't have to go for courses. You know, it's is sometimes it's that shift and the empathy. And the empathy comes with understanding, building the awareness. So don't don't hesitate to read up. Now there's a lot of literature on trauma-informed care. So just reading and takes what fits. And if some if it's something that is difficult, then don't hesitate to seek out professional help. And not seeking out professional help in terms of like well, taking medicine all the time or anything like that, but more of counselor. Seek out a counselor to talk about it. So find support for yourself such that you can help your child or find support for your child, so that you can also then co- co-help together with the professional. Yeah, so I think it's, it's really not a scary thing.
0: <laughs> right. Great. <laughs> right. Thanks a lot, Tracy. Thanks for the tips today. No
1: worries. No worries. Thank you.
0: Well, that's a wrap for Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. Don't forget to subscribe to us for free on your favourite smartphone apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Search for Straits Times Health Check, like us and give us a rating. Thank you for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg.